0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Market and the Good. My name is Chris Gassman, I'm your host today. And today we have a special crossover edition from a project that we're doing in collaboration with Isaac Life, as well as Dagen Bora from LeyLine. We're putting together some leadership and turnaround precedents guidance, and inspiration for these days that we find ourselves in. We encourage you to check it out. Very applicable for uh, today's ISEC network, and we thought that it might be helpful for just all of humans out there. If you're interested in learning more about ISEC life and engaging with ISEC, go to ISEClife.org. That's A-I-E-S-E-C life.org. Thanks all. Take care and catch you on the next episode.
1: Hello to those who have tuned in today. My name is Dagan Bora. I'm the host for a series of interviews with ISIC alumni who have led or managed through difficult times, through recession environments called Turnaround Precedents. Today, you're going to meet our first two guests on the cast a husband and wife team from Illinois, Sean and Lena Parnell. Chris Gassman is also here. He's the host of the Market and the Good podcast, and he'll be uh, asking Sean and Lena uh, questions about their experience. Um, uh, over the past 13 years with innova marketing consulting, why turnaround presidents? First because precedence is a word play on presidents. And while presidents usually get all the credit, it's usually a team effort um, that helps people achieve a turnaround. Uh, turnarounds because our global, supply, uh, global society and economy is bleeding health and wealth right now, so we need to learn from the past to succeed in the future. These dialogues are meant to inspire action. So first, some housekeeping items and what to expect. The interview will run for 20 minutes today. It is the first of a series of 10 that we'll share out on a weekly basis. It will be an option to attend live in the future and contribute questions in real time as well. Turnaround Precedents is a project that I would have liked to watch in that spring before entering the workforce after the financial crisis hit in 2008, 2009. You'll walk away with nuggets of insight and new friends in your Rolodex as we explore alumni careers as informal case studies for dealing with clients, employees, customers, and life during recession environments. All right. I'm really excited to hear what Sean and Lena have to say. Uh, so here's a 411 on our guests some background. Uh, Lena studied at EA Fit in Medellin, Colombia, as a production engineer from 2001 to 2006 and after at the Chicago Booth School of Business. Lena used her experience to accelerate her path within the insurance industry. In 2007, she, she and Sean uh, co-founded Innovax Marketing Consulting. Uh, concurrently, she worked at AGI from 2006 to 2014 as an underwriting analyst for the global trade and political risk uh, element, and then as a trade credit underwriter. Really interesting stuff. Um, as for Sean, from 1998 to 2007, he spent time in product management roles for three different firms. He's going to tell you more about that. Also, in 2000, he established the Chicago Bar Project, which is uh, the Chicago Bar Project is a fellowship of drinkers with a writing problem. <laughs> um, so, so uh, yeah. So the the important thing to notice here is that Sean and the, and the reason um, Sean and Lena are, are, are with us right now um, is that the, the case we're looking at is particularly interesting. The company Innovaxis Marketing Consulting was established in 2007 and did not fail during the crash, even though their business was young. And 13 years later, they're still going strong. Sean's profile reads, With 20 years of business-to-business B2B marketing experience, I've grown sales and profitability for software vendors, technology integrators, manufacturers, and business process outsourcing companies, often on the order of 100 to 300%. So if you want to grow and are interested in how strategic and holistic B2B marketing can produce results for you, let's talk. So here we have two people who have worked multiple jobs, at least one at an executive level um individually for each of for the past 13 years and with that i'm going to hand it over to chris
0: thank you Day. and and sean thank you also uh as they mentioned for joining us today very excited for our conversation so i would be remiss in a crowd of isaacers but if i didn't start it off with something from uh, a question inspired by the ISEC values uh, you know, as IICers, we we all think about acting sustainably. And in the professional circles, a, a lot of us are trying to figure out how do we build or rebuild or build new uh, resilient organizations. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, your experience back uh, when you first started the company and the financial crisis then, and you know what you're seeing now, how much are things like resilience or thinking about your different stakeholders or the different layers of the community beyond the, the very easy, classical uh, things that pencil out in a, a financial statement? What about the rest of the stakeholders, the rest of those kind of layers of thinking? Is that something that you think about, or how do you, uh, how do you bring that ISEC value into the, the work that you had uh, in the financial crisis and through today?
2: Well, uh, the most important asset that we have is is our team, and you know we, we believe in diversity and to you know find the people that are best fit for the work and no matter where they are as well, we have remote employees and partners that we work with because it's all about you know. Providing our clients with what they need and what they what they want is growth. And uh, if the answer were just hiring more salespeople, they would do that. So they want to grow in a smarter way than before. So they really want marketing to produce results. So in order to have to produce those results, you know, I need a really good team. And you know, I found that the strongest teams I've ever worked with, you know, in Adaxis or otherwise, you know, has always had good diversity, different backgrounds. Um, we've been working remotely since inception. I mean, we do have an office, but we don't want to be limited to just you know hiring people in one very narrow geographic area. Uh, and we work with clients uh, all over the country, and we've had some international clients as well. So to me, it really comes down to you know diversity and not being you know, restricted by geography or just the thought of. Um, who I need to hire and what demographic that is, you know, in terms of race or age or or even location. So I think that goes to uh, the ISAC principles.
0: Gotcha. Oh, much, much appreciated. And thinking about hiring specifically just to do like one click further down on that, that's something that uh, many organizations are struggling with these days. So they're like, all right, well, maybe we'll honor um the the hiring that we had in place the offers that we'd extended but new hiring we're going to take a pause on that and, and figure out how this this crisis moment goes uh what was your experience uh during the the financial crisis um or any other types of turnarounds uh, was it hey we're going to put a pause on recruiting uh, bringing in the right people or did you just keep going like hey we need great people and we're just going to keep hiring great people and that will will solve the crisis that we're in how did you tackle it from that that hiring timing
2: Well, we were, this company was essentially founded during the Great Recession. So it it had started more or less in 2007. So maybe we were a little bit before. But, um, so it was just Lena and I at the time. Then Lena was full-time at AIG, and then I was full-time here. So we weren't really in hiring mode at that time. Um, But in terms of right now, uh, certainly a lot in the world is on hold because we've all been taken by surprise with the pandemic. And so I have seen uh, clients honor hiring. We actually have a client that hired a, a part-time person during this because, you know, it just coincided. And I think a lot of us, you know, looking at this as a temporary situation, obviously with some longer term consequences. Um, but i see two situations out there one being companies are really trying to keep the employees they have they don't want to lose that those great people that you know that might have been with the company for a long time or even a short time but we previously went from like maximum employment to the exact opposite you know the most unemployment we've had since the great depression so i think companies are really trying to keep their people who are on the fringe who maybe weren't doing very well in their jobs were the first to go. And now companies are trying to keep them on. For those that really hit hard by, by this, some companies are doing well or getting by. We happen to fall into that category. So, um, you know, in terms of hiring right now, we, we, we would like to, but there's so much uncertainty. Now, if we get, you know, PPP funding and we don't need it for survival purposes, now all of a sudden you know, we can really look at hiring somebody that we had already planned to do this year. So I think a lot of people kind of pause because it's like, oh my God, what is happening? Um, and now it's like, okay, how do we, what does the future look like now? And for us, you know, we're not adding new clients right now, um, though are in talks with some, and our clients have largely done well because they're in business-to-business markets that haven't been hurt as much as B2C markets. Um, so we if we get, you know, some funding and things like that, then we can look to hire. Otherwise, we make the most of what we have right now, but the last thing I want to do is lose anyone from my team and you know, we'll do whatever it takes to keep our team intact because it took 13 years to build this team. They're all great people. I don't have any dead weight on the team. And if I lose any of them, you know, we'll be in more trouble than if we have to tap into our credit line to pay payroll for a while.
3: Something that is important is each of our employees are empowered in their own roles. And they are very good and we're trying to mentor them, we're trying to educate them, but also we're trying to give them some freedom for them to use their brain and their expertise and their passion. We have been um, very careful to be sure that they know that they have job security until the end of the fall. And we told them no one is going to be fired. We have loans, we have money in the side. We are going to go to this part-time together. What tools do you need to make your job better? Then right now we are looking for a, a couple of part-time people that might become full-time people. We have very fortunate that or most of our clients are treated in this moment. Why? Because in B2B, you cannot make shortcuts or have a cute picture of a baby in social media. You need to be very strategic about how do you want to approach, you know, their prospects and how to build them as a client. Then we are a very lean organization. We have contractors. We are always looking for good talent, but most important I mean, we don't want to show that we are a big company with a ton of employees and later have to lay off house. You need to be First, very sound, very solid, and very careful with your finance. And that is the key to stability. That doesn't matter that there are um, recession. It's always going to be a recession. It's going to be always a client that you lose. So something that happened is unexpected. But you as a, a leader, like a company, and a team, the livelihoods depend on you your liable will depend on you. No one is bailing you out. You don't have a board of directors or the stock market who is giving you a free ride or a help or a backup. Then I think that we have been able to survive and thrive over these 13 years, 14 in business because we have been able to look the whole picture and say how we can mentor and empower employees to feel secure and engaged. Because when time is hard, you're not a passion what you are doing, you're going to fail. When your you know, passion and your self-esteem and your drive and your intensity lay down, when you are doing a job and know something that makes you happy, days are very hard. Yeah. Well, then I, Something like I, I, I say to students that are watching something, money is good. But more than money is trying to do something that you like, something that you want to learn. Doesn't have to be easy. It's not going to be wonderful every single day. But you need to find someone that you are able to build it without feeling that it's excruciating and painful.
2: And two quick things we really learned from operating through the last recession is to run lean, as Nina mentioned, and not staff up in hopes that you're going to land new clients and have all that overhead and number two is got to have money in the bank for a rainy day and now we're seeing a lot of people that don't have that and they're suffering the most
3: and also more than money in the rain in the in the bank because not everyone has the privilege to have savings like oh six eight ten months savings you don't have a good credit line the credit you need to ask for money when you don't need it and when you have it you yep. ask for more and use it very careful and show that you are reliable because in the moment that you need it, it's going to be a huge relief knowing that if something happens, you have a backup. But you are not going to get that just because you want it or you wish it. And sometimes having the money in the bank is not. This economy, the American culture, is based in your um, credibility. your credit credibility and reliability. And that means that you need to learn how the system works, especially if you are a small business.
0: Yeah, I feel like I just got a crash course in <laughs> lots of different topics. Uh, first and foremost, the leadership in there—that it's—it's not necessarily about the the monetary aspect of it. It's about the you know, like how are you making these decisions? How are you engaging your team? How are you supporting them? It doesn't cost a whole lot to have thoughtful conversations and just setting them up to know that they're supported, that they're you're got their back. Um, we touched on a couple of, of things and we'd love to tease them out a little bit further um, from the The first the the founder perspective and then maybe a little bit from the mitigation perspective. So, Sean, you mentioned that You basically started the company you know, right at the, the beginning or like just before the the Great Recession. So You know anyone could have seen that coming like, oh, you know, it's a pandemic. It's a great recession. I'm just not the time for this. I'm just going to push pause. Um, so for the, the founders in the audience, the, the ISEC students uh, who might think like, hey, I had this idea of something that I, I see that the need for this, and I, I want to go for that. Um, you know, how, do you have a, a closing thought maybe on that? So I want to be mindful of time to keep us to the, the 20 minutes. Um, and then any parting also thoughts on mitigation? Is there anything around, you, know, you mentioned finances, you know, being lean, team. Anything else there about just mitigating through crises, the, the unpredictability that the world throws at us?
3: I think that um, we began the company because Sean got layoffs, and I have a full-time job that will cover the health benefits. Then, and he has some severance, It's now or never, and we give it a try. Then he began doing consulting, one client, one consult engagement, and later a second client. Then you just have to begin a small. Second, you need to find what works for you. Don't expect that you're going to have an angel investor to give you a couple of million dollars or thousands of dollars to begin, because this is not going to happen. That is more, you know, deception than the rule. You know, begin small, find what you're passionate, try different things. We began in one moment, we have 64 clients and we were making very little money. We were surviving. And we sit down and we analyze, okay, what are the problems? What are the companies you do? Make a very um, strict control of your costs. You know, realize because if you are doing a consulting, the the only asset that you have is time. Then if you don't know whether you're spending your time in one a project, you don't know if it's going to make money. You are going to be blind. And I think that if you are careful and you track and you have the tools and you have discipline and you don't have these very big things to run, there's something saying, um "It's slow because I am in a hurry." It's a saying. And you know, sometimes you have to take your time just to analyze and you try need to try different things.
2: And, and what's absolutely essential, two words, recurring revenue. Yes. So when we only worked on a project basis, we almost went out of business. And because we were they opportunistic. For clients
3: and they pay the mm-hmm. deposit. They pay help. And later, they decide to make every excuse pay pay you the last time. And we say, that's it. We are going to do a retainer, minimum 12 months, 12 exact payments. Or minimum is this amount of money. You work fine. You know, I can give you a half an hour or an hour advice, and you can find someone else. And we went from like a 60-something to five clients. And right now, we, like am, are much, much better. But right now, we know that doesn't matter what happened. We have a stream revenue coming up.
2: when you work project to project, you're always hunting for new projects as you're trying to get other projects done. And clients can make excuses to not finish those projects and not pay. And then in times like this, it's really hard to get new projects started. So that recurring revenue, if we didn't have that right now, we'd be out of business. Far more difficult than it has been.
0: Fair enough. The, you know, one, one maybe closing words or, or thoughts of advice that you might have um, for today's college students, you know, what's, uh, you know, we talked about savings a lot. Uh, you mentioned kind of like six or eight months of savings. And if you don't have that, you know, lines of credit, uh, is there any other kind of tip on that front? Um, you also mentioned networking a bit, you know, like reaching out, engaging the network, if there's anything further about whether it's the ISEC network or your family network or anything else, uh, what, what advice would you have uh, for today's uh, college students that we haven't touched on more deeply?
2: Well, I think uh, two things. One is, well, just in general, we're going to get through this. We always do. Um, We will recover. There will be good days ahead for sure. Just when and how much a mess we have to clean up as a result of this, and what's the health and economic toll. But you know, two things. One is, talk to as many people as you can. If you don't have much going on right now, now's the time to learn. To build, to innovate. Uh, if you're in business, it's to pivot if the markets you serve have changed. So in the um, in the, the dot com era, I also got laid off at that time. That's where the Chicago Bar Project started. Is I, while looking for another job, I needed something else to occupy my time. So I created the Chicago Bar Project, which is you know reviews on bars in Chicago. So if you have spare time, build something, learn something new, take the opportunity because life, you know, was going so fast. Those are things you don't have time for and try to put your worries about money aside. You'll figure it out. You'll get by, um, you know, get help. Don't be afraid to ask for help if you need it. There's a lot of people out there willing to help you from your family, friends, others. And then talk to as many people as you can, learn what there is, learn what people need out there. You know, is when this hit, I was in close communication with all my clients. You know, how is this affecting you? What has changed? What do your markets need now? What's fallen off? What has, what is increasing? Because there's always opportunity in a crisis. It's just different from what was before. So by listening to them, then we we launched an e-commerce site in a week for a company producing face shields and disposable masks. They're in the retail packaging and display business, but they have, they're resourceful. They pivoted. And we really wanted to enable that. So if you don't have much going on, build, innovate, learn, talk to as many people as you can. You know, if, if you're really busy, great, keep it going. Just keep the foot on the accelerator. Keep helping people get through this
3: and reinvent yourself. Don't expect that things are going to be in the same way they are. You are not aware how many opportunities are around waiting for you that you can use your intellect, your passion, your drive that you never thought they were going to happen. Like I was working for Global Trade and Political Risk House. I don't know how I recovered. It was little steps. I was open minded because the job that I want was not showing up. Then one step to, to, to another, and you really are able to rend yourself, do your best, you know, make it, you know, don't expect you're going to have the, your dream job in two steps. You are going to have to go to the ladder, and you are going to have to try many things, but every step is going to teach you something that you're going to realize you need or you will need sometime.
0: Perfect. I think those are brilliant points for us to to be wrapping up. I want to be respectful of, of your all time. Just a, a final note: you mentioned network, reach out to everybody. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask uh, for our, our ISec students on the the line. Would you mind, uh, Lena, Sean, uh, if one of our, our younger cousins in the ISec family, if they happen to to reach out to you to have a follow on conversation, if you know, just thinking digging more into some of the points that you raised, or if they have ideas that they're trying to soundboard, would you mind if if uh, our listeners followed up with you?
3: Sure, I would
2: be happy to. You know, It's a way to, that we can give back. You know, I work with uh, ISEC Northwestern on their board. Um, we get together. There's an ISEC alumni universe out there. Um, so whatever way we can help, advise or put them in touch with somebody else, depending on what they're looking for, happy to do it.
0: Perfect, excellent. Dagan, any uh, points of order, pearls of wisdom uh, before we conclude?
1: Wow. I don't don't think there's much for for me to add. Sean and Lena uh, provided us enough pearls for for, uh, uh, an accessory. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. Uh, But I want to thank you both um, for taking the time out of your busy day um, to come here and give some of it away. Uh, And Chris, thank you as well. Thank you yeah yeah this is this this is cool because um we we initially ran into each other five years not, not we didn't even meet we didn't even have a call i only heard your name from another isacker who um who i was great friends with uh and now five years later we we get to come full circle and and produce something useful um to to people and that's awesome that's one of the great things about the the network um uh, this I, I, it, Just to, to close it out, um, I'll, I'll say Turnaround Precedents is meant for those who are going there uh, to the future. And we hope to uncover more of life's lessons and tomorrow's path to success um, in the next cast uh, of Turnaround Precedence. So join us on Monday at 4.30 p.m. Uh, and the Zoom meeting info will be shared by ISIC Life and ISIC US or well, you can reach out to Chris or I directly. Um, so thank, thank you everyone for watching and for taking this time. We look forward to doing it again.
0: Cool. Thanks all. Take care. Bye bye.